Welcome to The Compliance Files, brought to you by Compliance Institute. The Compliance Files is a unique podcast series, giving you access to industry insights and key perspectives on how the evolving regulatory landscape is driving change, bringing challenge and opportunity for compliance professionals everywhere. I'm Kathy Jacobs, former president of the Compliance Institute and experienced compliance professional, and it is a great pleasure for me to host this podcast. Regulatory focus on cybersecurity and operational and IT resilience has increased over the years in a context of IT failures, cyber threats, and a global pandemic. A mosaic of regulatory responses in the last number of years have created a legal framework around this which has added regulatory risk to the cyber and operational risks associated with the failures of resilience. So to understand more the regulatory framework around operational and IT resilience, I'm delighted to welcome as a guest today, Chris Martin. He will be a familiar face to many of our Compliance Institute members. He is a member of ANL Goodbody's Financial Regulation Advisory Team. Welcome today to the Compliance Files, Chris, and thank you very much for joining me. So starting at the beginning, if you could take our listeners through, what is the backdrop for regulating for IT and operation resilience? Well, thanks, Kathy. So I think obviously we can see the developments in operational resilience, particularly in the IT space, really coming out of the ever-increasing and complexity, I think, of systems used in financial services and very much the need to focus on the ensuring business continuity, consumer protection, and overall a robust operational resilience for financial institutions. As you mentioned, this has come against a background of increasing cyber attack and obviously increasing disruption through the use of technology to provide financial services. If we look back, we can see this has obviously come out of a broader concern around things like outsourcing, oversight, and managing those outsourcing relationships and ensuring that if something goes wrong, that there is an ability to even step in and or manage things like business continuity. So I think from a central bank and from a regulatory perspective, they've had a focus on outsourcing for a long time now. And really operational resilience is kind of an out bringing all that focus on, on operational resilience and outsourcing relationship. So I, I think that's kind of the broad background. Obviously, we would have seen going back in 2012, one of the things I think that certainly focused central banks' attention on all of this were IT failures from, I think it was Ulster Bank at the time, which very much impacted on customers. And then we'll mention it in shortly. But there have obviously been ongoing issues, and even in the last few weeks, there were obviously issues in terms of use of Bank of Ireland's ATMs, which, due to operational issues, allowed customers to take out significantly more money than they should have been allowed to. And again, pointing to the importance of robust operational resilience frameworks to ensure business continuity and non-disruption of services for consumers, which is obviously important, not just from a consumer protection perspective, but I think one of the things that has been focused on and emphasized is really creating trust and confidence in the financial institution systems and the broader EU and Irish financial institution environment. Thanks, Chris. And could you describe to us how the regulation has developed 
over the years. So obviously back in 2008, we had a lot of new legislation following the initial financial crisis, but that was very much focused on some of the broader conduct and consumer protection and protective measures. The further developments very much kind of coming out of this, as I said, have derived very much along the lines of the outsourcing focus and key issues there. We then had in 2018, a fintech action plan, which very much called for a greater focus on resilience and really supported by a need for that consumer trust and confidence in the, in the financial institutional systems. The European supervisory authorities then came out with a joint technical advice in 2019, again, calling for a coherent approach to ICT risk and its management. And certainly in that time period up to then, there had been a, a kind of a varying approach between member states, obviously from an Irish perspective. We had central bank guidance on outsourcing. And they also had, I think back in 2015, called out things like cybersecurity risk as being a significant focus from a central bank perspective. So I think, again, deriving from that, the European Commission and obviously the supervisory authorities felt that it was really important that we brought in kind of ICT, outsourcing, and operational resilient protections that were consistent across the EU very much to protect all EU financial institutions, consumers, and, and the broader confidence in those systems. What has developed now is obviously we now have DORA. DORA is due to come into force in January of 2025. In the meantime, the European Supervisory Authorities will be developing various uh, regulatory technical standards and implementing technical standards and have already launched their first consultation on that earlier in the year, which closed in September. And that was focusing on the CT risk management frameworks, the criteria for classification of ICT related incidents and specifying very much that the, the policy on ICT services performed by, by those third party providers. So hopefully Coming out of those ESA consultations, we should have a better idea, I think, uh, later in the year, potentially, of the more specific details to come out of DORA, which will be implemented there. So I think there'll be a, a final consultation then later in this year, just to cover off some of the additional points which are required. What should be in our current regulatory universe on IT and operation resilience? Currently, the central bank obviously has, as mentioned, its cross-industry guidance on outsourcing. It also has its own cross-industry guidance on operational resilience. And I think it's important to know that the central bank's been very clear, but it drafted that with DORA in mind. So there shouldn't be a loss in the central bank's operational resilience guidelines, which will ultimately be consistent with the approach under DORA, although obviously in light of the OTS, et cetera, it may be, may be necessary to look at some of the, the key specifics. They also have, obviously, their cybersecurity guidance as well. From a more legislative perspective, obviously, all of the key legislation out there from a sectoral perspective, so looking, for example, at things like banking legislation, so COD, et cetera, and in the space of insurers or even MIFID firms, there is a broader systems controls and you know outsourcing regulatory responsibility framework as well as looking at having robust systems and controls in place to protect the businesses. So I think, again, all of these things currently sectoral will be brought up to a, a more general level by Dora, obviously. And then lastly, there's kind of a network information security directive, 
which was actually funny enough a, kind of the first EU-wide piece of, of legislation looking at this kind of issue. And that is due to be updated, obviously, by the NIS2 directive will relate to a, a kind of a broader category of entities, including financial institutions, you know, to, to identify certain operational present elements in it. So those are, those are kind of the key frameworks. And then obviously Dora on top of that. And I think it's important to note that it is coming in in early 2025. And whilst it might seem that there's a good way to go on that, there's quite a lot to be done in this space, I think, to get firms ready. So I think don't be complacent. Obviously, regulating is, is one too. Has the central bank conducted any inspections or have there been any other regulatory supervisory interventions in this space? The central bank has had a long history of obviously thematic inspections, particularly in the outsourcing space, and has produced various CEO letters outlining its expectations in that respect. We had a CEO letter last year, just in November, which was very much looking at uh, the need for operational resilience in the context of the um, consumer protection framework. Again, looking at, you know, how firms are resilient in the context of system changes. Certainly, there was some enforcement action in the UK, for example, taken against TSB, which very much drew out and, and noted some of the issues which had arisen in the context of a systems change. Again, that was emphasized obviously over in the UK, very, very significant fines around 49 million sterling in that case. In a central bank context, we also had back in 2021, sanctions against Bank of Ireland. And I think a, a primary focus there of that enforcement action was there was a, a known potential issue or gap in their systems and they failed to remediate it. So they'd known of the systems issues since uh, between 2008, 2015 but only ultimately took steps to address those issues in 2015. And an important point during coming out of that, and certainly noted in Shona Cunningham's commentary on the enforcement action, was effectively that had Bank of Ireland's critical services been disrupted, this could have led to significant adverse effects on consumers as well as the financial system. So I think, it, again, it's very much focusing on it. It's not just when something actually goes wrong, or when there is actually operational disruption, but very much focusing on what, how do we know what our sensitivities or our potential issue could be, and how have we put in place systems to control and prevent issues actually arising in practice. So I think it's very much a, a supervisory priority for the central bank, I think it has to be said, and they have pulled out operational resilience as, as a supervisory priority for 2023. So I think we're certainly seeing with with our clients suddenly uh, a significant level of engagement in terms of the central bank looking to understand their broader outsourcing arrangements, as well as specifically the arrangements around critical third-party IT service providers and, and the potential impact on their businesses should something go wrong and how they're managing that. Thanks, Chris. And can you tell us a bit more about what we've learned from the enforcement action in this area? I think it really is. It's key to focus on testing. And I think it's really key to understand potential deficiencies or risks in your business and in relation to your operational continuity. And look, even if ultimately there is no impact as a result of failures, it is really that failure to address the known concerns, which the central bank will view as an extremely serious matter. So I think it is important for where any potential deficiencies or risks are identified, that 
appropriate action is taken and, and steps are put in place to mitigate any risks associated with those and to try and very much improve on a, an ongoing basis the robustness of your broader systems and controls. And I think, again, that, that all is, is very much borne out by what I would describe as kind of the three pillars of operational resilience, which is looking forward, so understanding your risk, understanding your interdependencies, then how you will deal with an operational uh, or critical issue when it arises. So what do you do on the day? And then lastly, the very much the look back. So saying, what are the lessons learned if there was an operational issue? So as I mentioned earlier, there was obviously the issue with the Bank of Ireland app recently enough. What have they looked back and learned from that? And I think if you don't kind of follow those three steps, whether that's forward-looking, the, the management in the, in, the, in the moment, or the look back, I think those are all areas which may ultimately result in, in enforcement and or regulatory scrutiny, even if ultimately there was minimal, if any, customer impact. What are the sanctions at central bank disposal? And, and there's a bit of a distinction here between the regulated entities who obviously would be the usual subject of sanctions and the critical third-party providers who are subject to what's referred to as oversight. And it was interesting that Jerry Cross noted that when we're talking about the oversight of the third-party providers, this is different to regulation or supervision. And I think it's, it's kind of a question as to exactly what that will look like but from a, a sanctions perspective, it's important to know that the, the national competent authorities overseeing them, so what they refer to as like lead jurisdiction or lead state, can impose periodic penalty payments of up to 1% of average daily worldwide turnover on critical ICT providers where there are failures in, in, in terms of their, um, their approach to implementation. From a regulation perspective, obviously, we would expect the, the DORA regulation to be one of the prescribed statutes from a, from a 1942 Act perspective, so it could ultimately be subject to administrative sanctions, so you know, 10 million or 10% of annual turnover for the institution. There's also then the potential for enforcement against individuals, and as well as that, we need to look at, once this is in, we will also have the individual accountability framework and more particularly SEER for the banks and uh, insurance firms and certainly investment firms in as well. So I think it will be important for senior management to be focused on these things as well as the kind of the operational teams because ultimately these are matters which could bring about individual liability under a bits of property or a, a broader administrative sanctions perspective for not just the firm but for its, its senior management if, if there were failures in relation to this. But I, I think, broadly speaking, those are, those are obviously risks that apply to, to all regulated entities, uh, kind of operations. And we're, we're seeing, actually, the individual accountability regime just coming into almost every podcast we do now when we're talking about regulatory risk. Final question. Looking to the future, what developments can we expect in the short to medium term in this area? I think in, this, in the short term, obviously, I think there will be a lot of focus on implementation. Um, I think there is a recognition that certainly when this comes in in 2025, there will be a little bit of bedding down. And certainly I don't think everyone will get this 100% right 
out of the gates. So I think there was maybe a lot of engagement with regulators, etc. And as I mentioned, we've had the consultation on on kind of the phase one uh, regulatory technical standards in, in connection with DORA. We've more to come later in the year, and we should obviously see those those hopefully in advance of implementation. So I think everyone keeping an eye to the OTS, the ITS, etc. as they come in, that will be very important. In the broad medium term, I think we will see this as an ongoing agenda item and area of focus in the central bank, as well as broader European supervisory authorities. And I think that therefore firms would be uh, prudent, I think, to make sure that this is all implemented fairly effectively, but also that they have clean documentation around it, that they've managed their, their own internal risks from that perspective, and that they've, I suppose, started to engage in some of the more specific measures such as the penetration testing etc from a practical perspective to try and ensure that they are clear in terms of how they're going to comply with DORA goal boards. Well thank you to Chris for sharing your insights and expertise on a topic that is relevant to many of our listeners and members and thanks to you for listening to the Compliance Files podcast brought to you by the Compliance Institute. I'm pretty sure you're going to find this podcast very interesting and useful. And we would be very grateful if you would review or rate this podcast. And until the next episode, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Files. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes. 